Hey there, everyone. It's Sarah Shaw from Entrepreneur, and I am here with Bonnie Marcus, who I'm going to do an interview with today. Welcome, Bonnie. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. I just, you know, I've been a big fan of your product line for a long time, and I just love the fact that you're a, a mom of three boys, no less, <laughs> and and that you have this super girly business and, you know, that your website is all pink and frilly and then, you know, obviously at the end of the evening you, you go home to, you know, the, the masculine energy and I just really think that must be an awesome juxtaposition for you. Um, so Bonnie's been in business for 10 years and she has um, started out as a wedding planner in New York and special event coordinator and parlayed that into her amazing brain and designs for for her amazing um, collection of, uh, of paper products. And she's just been in every magazine under the sun, has tons of celebrity following. And I just wanted to talk to Bonnie today and see, talk a little bit about her journey and how she got to where she is today and the good, the bad, and the ugly and all the things that helped her get to where she is. So, Bonnie, tell us a little bit about how you got started and sort of what your impetus was for starting um, your paper line. Sure. Um, prior to starting my own business, I was the director of special events at the 92nd Street Y in Manhattan, which is an amazing cultural center. And I planned the events from beginning to end, but my favorite part of the events was always the invitations, the printed um, piece of the puzzle. And I was an art major in college. I went to school um, at Binghamton here in New York. And um, the events I was planning were one day it would be for a cocktail party for Martha Stewart. The next day it would be um, a dinner for Clint Eastwood. So it was all um, celebrities and authors that would stop at the 92nd Street Y on their book tour or after um, their movie came out. So it was a really fun and exciting job. Um, and again, it just the printed piece of the puzzle was always my favorite. So as I was planning these events, I started custom designing invitations for a lot of um, celebrities and a lot of different organizations in Manhattan. And um, the line really took off. It was very exciting. I know. Well, on your website, it's so cool to look at your press link and see pictures of you with Martha and Clint Eastwood and Tipper Gore and Hillary Clinton and all these really famous people um, that, you know, that clearly, you know, have helped you build your brand. Um, do, you feel, do you feel like having these celebrity clientele impacted your business um, in, in a way that it wouldn't, that your business wouldn't have grown without without this mm -hmm. kind of clientele? Uh, I think that by working with celebrities and other notables in the arts, I definitely had a challenge um, placed upon me in terms of the invitations used and the events I was planning. So it wasn't like I could just do something cookie cutter from day to day. I really mm -hmm. had to think outside the box and, um, again, find the perfect invitation for these special events. And in my search for invitations, that's when I realized that what was out there at the time, <clears throat> again, I think this, this was about 15 years ago, there was nothing very trendy or stylish or fun in terms of invitations in the market. Um, and I walked the stationery show for years, and I did so much research, and everything that was out at the time was very traditional. So 
so there really was a void in the market that um, that I saw and that enabled me to that forced me to design my own invitations and to fulfill this need. Um, and you had asked about the celebrities. I think that working with celebrities definitely helped to build my brand, but owning a business is it all you know sexy and celebrities there definitely is a lot of um dirty work <laughs> too yeah. in terms of you know boxing products and printing products and like we spoke about before you know shipping the orders out so it's fun to have a lot of press and to have a lot of exciting customers but again um when you start your own business it definitely is a lot of hard work as well Oh, yeah, like one minute you're sweeping the floor and taking out the garbage, and the next minute you're picking up the phone to talk to Martha Stewart. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. I think we all have similar stories. Exactly. Uh, I wanted to ask you really quick, because you mentioned the stationery show. Do you still do the stationery show in New York? I do, I do. And actually this year, this May, will be our 10th year there. Wow. And do you, and do you feel like that, you know, so you started out there right away when you first launched your business, you decided that, that you should do this, this trade show? Yes, yes, I did. Like I said before, I had walked the show for years uh, mm-hmm. searching for some um, unique invitations. So I knew that there was a void in the market, and I was very familiar with the industry when I decided to have a booth there on my own. And did you, when you first had your booth, did you just say, hey, I'm going to go into business for myself and I'm just going to get a booth or did you, and just like hope that people were going to stop by or mm-hmm. did you already have sort of like an established list of stores that you'd been maybe not selling to yet but at least in contact with so that you could let them know that you were going to be at the show? Mm-hmm. Um, when I first thought about launching my business, I sent um, two sets of press samples out. And actually, prior to this, um, before I worked at the 92nd Street Y, I worked uh, with Diane von Furstenberg, and um, I did her press as well. And when I worked with her, we sent out, you know, 3,000 press kits when there mm-hmm. was something exciting going on. And this was before email, mind you. Of course, so yeah, when I started my handbag line, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't just emailing out a press release. It was putting together these beautiful press releases and personal letters to send out to all of these editors. and stuffing the envelopes and putting the stamps on. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Uh, So it was really a lot of work and time and effort and and at big expense. Um, So then when I started my own business, I knew, you know, what a big job it was to send out to all the different magazines and publications across the country. So I picked New York Magazine and um, Daily Candy. And, again, this was 10 years ago. And I sent out a press release. Um, with some holiday samples to um, those two publications, and um, we got picked up by both of them for Christmas that year. That was back in 2002. Um, so that really launched my business. So I sent a, a, you know samples out to New York Magazine. I didn't think, I mean, I didn't realize that we would be a best bet that year for Christmas. Sure. Um, so it was so exciting, but also unexpected. So, and I was actually six months pregnant at the time with my first child. Of course. Yeah. So I thought that things were just winding down. And when that landed in New York Magazine, um, I was taking my last vacation with my husband before the baby was born. And there we were on the airplane, you know, with the magazine as it just came out. 
and I was calling my parents and my in-laws and friends and family because the phone to come to my apartment because the phone was ringing off the hook with orders. So um, I had, you know, it was definitely a team effort at the time, and um, that's actually how I decided to do the stationary show. So all the business sort of just came about not with a strong, structured plan, but with this exciting press. And from the press, again, you know, retailers from all over the world called um, that they wanted to carry my product. If they could see me six months pregnant in my little apartment <laughs> answering <laughs> the phone to all of these inquiries um, would have been very funny. But right. you know, Fifth Avenue, Bloomingdale's, Neiman Marcus. Um, so it was a it was a very exciting and um, uh, busy time. Yeah, how did you? <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, and uh, and I'm just like totally envisioning. I have goosebumps actually. I'm like totally envisioning you ten months pregnant because I, you know, I have twins. And so <laughs> by ten months, I was so huge. I could <laughs> I could barely even move. Right, and um, right. and I um, and so I'm just imagining myself in that same position because I I my kids were born in January. So in you know in in uh, December. Or, yeah. No, yeah. In November, it, well, they were born six weeks early, but so by January or so, I was about ten months pregnant. Um, right. You know, almost, and uh, and so anyway, it was um, it was hilarious too because yeah. I I was shipping a lot at that point myself. Yeah. And, um, and I couldn't even bend over anymore, and my husband used to, had to put everything on this big table for me so that I could pack things because I couldn't even bend down to tie my shoes or anything. I'd slip on at that point. Right, right, right. No, I know. It's, uh, I remember standing on the scale uh, to ship the products. So we didn't have a industrial scale at the time um, because it all came about. So I would stand on the scale myself, you know, big and pregnant, yeah. and weigh myself, and take the box I was shipping in my hands and stand on the scale, and then subtract the amounts I found right. of my bo- of the box. It was that, crazy. That is hilarious. Yeah, but we all have these fun stories. Exactly. Well, how how so? How did you handle that sudden growth? I mean, were you? I mean, it's like sort of like overnight success, and that you probably weren't prepared for with product and stuff. I mean, how how did you how did you handle that and and make all the stuff? I mean, were you printing everything yourself at that point, or were you using a professional printer? Or I was I was printing everything myself at that time. Um, but again, I think that if you are a type A personality, <laughs> yeah. that whatever you do or whatever challenges come to you, you're able to, you know, take it with stride and just get the job done. So yeah. although this wasn't really my area of expertise per se, I knew the industry and I knew what the customers wanted and I just made sure that we had a plan to get you know, the orders out in a timely fashion and that everything looked um, the way I wanted it to look because at that point I was building a brand and it was so important that the orders got out on time that everything was shipped perfectly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And did you did you have a website at that point yet or was it too early? Were, were websites even around? <laughs> no, I um, I did not have a website at that point. I was... Um, my whole business really has been concentrated on selling to retailers, mm-hmm. um, but but we do sell to consumers also. But at that point, um, it was our concentration really has been selling to retail stores. Sure. 
And now you guys are in like over a thousand stores or more at this point. We are, yes, yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. And and um and how how do you how do you find you know as as when you were beginning? I mean, obviously you've been selling to department stores for years, but how did you feel about that in the beginning? I mean, you know, versus how did you sort of like weigh building your business with small you know stationary stores or boutiques or gift shops, you know, versus the department stores? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't take time to think. I mean, there was no time to think. So, um, I, we got all those orders from New York Magazine. And then again, we did the stationary show at the Javits Center that May. And, um, it was great because I was able to speak to, again, you know, hundreds of small stationary store owners from around the country. Um, but also the buyer from Bloomingdale's, from Saks Avenue, Fortunoff. Barney's, Neiman Marcus, all came to the booth as well. Um, and in my business, those larger department stores mostly carry Christmas cards. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one end of the business. And then the smaller stationery stores um, really concentrated on invitations. So we also do bridal shower invitations, engagement right. party invitations, baby party invitations. And so, so you found sort of during the year that you serviced the smaller stores maybe for the first part of the year. I mean, obviously, they also bought Christmas cards, but that your department store business was more fourth quarter. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's nice. To, that seems like it would make production a lot easier. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right. um, and do you guys keep all your sales in-house now, or do you have teams of sales reps, or how, how do you do your sales these days? Um, since I did that first stationary show, reps from around the country approached us who wanted to carry our line. So we did research um, in the different territories um, to find the reps that we thought would be most appropriate for us. And a lot of them we've been working with for the past 10 years now. That's great. So you've, been, you've, you've kept mostly the same sales reps that you started with 10 years ago? We have, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that makes for a really nice family. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, so how how often do you create new designs? We create new designs um, twice a year. Uh, mm-hmm. Once in May for a May release at the stationery show, and another in January when there are all the gift shows around the country. Great. And so you guys, do you guys do both the January and the August gift shows as well, or July? You know, we do. We do the January exactly. We do them through our rep groups. So we have a rep group in California. We have one um, in New York. We have one in Atlanta. So we do those shows with the with our rep groups. That's great. And do you do you still have to do you still make an appearance at any of those shows? <clears throat> Um, I do. I usually try to go to one a year. So, you know, we go to Dallas um, one year, Atlanta the next year. So I do go to check out the showrooms and to, um, to you know, see the reps. But otherwise, I don't have to be at every show. And then and because, obviously, you're in New York, the New York area, do you go to the shows in New York? Do you go to the, to the stationary show and the gift shows? Yes, 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 I do. I love um, walking the gift show. Uh, <laughs> I don't it have is a, so fun. There, it is so fun. And the stationery show, I really don't get to walk because I'm always at our booth. So you do spend time at your booth there? Yes. Luckily, we're yeah. always 
very busy. <laughs> so <laughs> although I want to, you know, walk around, I don't intend to be there the whole time. Um, it usually is a full-time gig um, because that's so specific for our industry. Sure. And do you, do you feel like it makes a difference to the buyers that you're, that you still go to the shows and that you're, they can still see you face to face? I do. I mean, I really, it's like a family, like you had mentioned before. And a lot of these are buyers that I've been working with for the past 10 years. So it's really fun uh, for them to have met me when I first had my first baby and now to see how these three children um, that I've had over the years ha- have grown and how the business has grown. And it's yeah. it's really exciting to catch up with them. Yeah, well, and it's also, I mean, I would imagine, too, that in this day and age of, you know, the technology superhighway where everyone's just on email and social media and, you know, look at my website and, you know, looking at printed media and all that kind of stuff, that having that um, – that face-to-face time with people is really important. I mean, more, almost more important than before. Yes, yes, absolutely. No, and um, doing the shows are really so much fun. It definitely is a great way to get to meet your customer base face-to-face, and I think developing relationships are really um, key in terms of having a successful business. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, hey, so I saw recently on your site that you guys have recently gone green. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I wanted to talk a little bit about how that's affected your sales and PR and if it's really, if it's opened up new doors for you or, mm-hmm. or changed your business in any way. Um, I think it was really something that was important to us internally to print on recycled paper. I mean, like you had mentioned before, with the whole movement um, to the digital age, I think that we really wanted to keep the traditional notion of printed invitations and printed stationery, but of course we want to do something that is um, positive for the environment as well. So, you know, I love paperless posts and I love e-vites for different things at the kids' school, sure. schools and, you know, different activities, but for um, for a bridal shower, an engagement party, or, or a baby shower, I think a printed invitation is still something so special. And, oh, um, and yeah, so we switched over to all recycled and FSD-certified paper products, and our retailers and customers have really taken to it. Um, since we've done that, we've gotten into Whole Foods, um, and we have a great relationship with them and um, some other retailers that um, really pride themselves on working with companies that that only print on recycled paper. But I think it was really an internal decision for us to move mm-hmm. go in that re- direction. I think that's really cool of you guys. Do, do you um, do you guys do you still manufacture in the U.S. We do. We do. Um, all of our product is manufactured locally. That's so cool because I would imagine as well that there's there's so many um, – I have some clothing companies and people that I work with who manufacture, you know, solely in the United States, and there's a lot of stores and retailers that are catering to goods made in America now. Yeah. Um, and, and then also recently, you know, with um, – with Apple uh, computers, you know, saying that they're going to start manufacturing in the United States. I think that that's, you know, that's spawned a whole new slew of articles and and people just making that sudden switch to Mm -hmm. products that are Mm -hmm. manufactured in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I think that's amazing that you've been able to stay in business for so long and, and been able to keep your product base, you know, your manufacturing in the States because I know it's really, it's really difficult. And I, I manufactured in the States the whole time I had my handbag line and part, part of the time um, with Simply Sarah, but then um, after I got pregnant, I just realized I couldn't, I couldn't do it myself and my margins were too bad. So I ended up moving that, those production. Mm -hmm. uh, Right. I think it differs by industry for our paper products. For my core business, um, we manufacture everything locally, but for some of our licensing partners that do, uh, that produce gift items and storage boxes and different things, I know some of them um, have to manufacture overseas just to get their price point to be competitive with the retailers. Sure, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. It depends on, on the brand and the product and, and mm-hmm. what you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a couple more questions, and I'm going to let you run back to your busy day. <laughs> so what was, the, what was the biggest mistake that you made when you started out your business? Oh, I don't make mistakes. <laughs> no, I think, um, as I said before, I think every day I'm learning um, about different ways to do things. So, again, I've been doing this for 10 years. And uh, I think on most days there's, oh, you know, there's an aha moment about, like, oh, maybe we could do it this way instead or maybe we could do it that way. Luckily, you know, they're not, they're not things I would view as mistakes, but I feel like everything you do is, is a opportunity to learn <laughs> about, um, you know, how you're going to do things in the future. Um, in terms of a big mistake, um, I mentioned before that my business sort of just – came about, luckily, um, exploded when we got this press very early on. So as a very meticulous person, I think if I had the time to actually sit down and plan out a business, mm-hmm. not to explode during my first pregnancy, um, yeah. that I would have really developed a strong framework for the business. So, you know, a six-month plan, a year plan, three years, five years out, and made sure that it all made sense financially. So mm-hmm. when I started the business, I knew everything about the stationery industry. I knew um, I was very familiar with design. I was very familiar with, um, with you know, working with customers, satisfying orders. But when you start a business, it's not all about the pretty products, you know, as, you, as I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's not all about the orders. Just because you have, you're shipping orders, you have to make sure that you're making money from those orders in order for the business to be viable. So, um, so I would say that one of the important things that um, someone starting a business should do is really take the time to sit down and make that plan. And that's really what I wasn't able to do initially because things just, you know, exploded um, from the start. Yeah. Oh, I totally hear you. I mean, I, when I started my handbag business, I didn't know, well, I knew nothing about any of it. So it was a total just like, oh, I think I'll do this. This sounds fun. Right, but, um, right. And, you know, and my business exploded overnight, 
too, because I, I not the media that I got, but I got a huge 800 piece order from Anthropology mm-hmm. and had to fill this order, and you know wasn't realizing that my margins were terrible and that I I knew nothing about manufacturing <laughs> and yeah, that yeah, yeah. I didn't really you know and that you're like wow I'm only making like three dollars a bag, <laughs> really right, should be right. making twelve, and you know and then you know you don't I didn't realize that until maybe a year and a half later. <laughs> So, right. Um, and and like you, if I had really known what I was doing, I would have I would have been able to figure all of that stuff out ahead of time yeah. and and gotten ahead financially a lot more quickly than than I could have. Right. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I think most people. I mean, I find too a lot with a lot of my clients or even just people who randomly ask questions through my website is the big one of the biggest issues people have is figuring out you know, their their cost of goods sold and, and what they should be selling and, mm-hmm. and also what, what the market will bear. Have you ever had any price resistance that you've had to deal with or on your own or either change prices or just say this uh-huh. is what it is and, you know, deal with it? Mm-hmm. I think um, times have really changed from when I launched my business uh, 10 years ago when we started, um, especially in the bridal industry, it was thought of, as a luxury to be high end and to be um, to be a high end manufacturer, so our mm-hmm. bridal shower invitations and our wedding themed invitations were really you know the most expensive around, and they had all hand painted um, embellishments on them, sparkles, and it was really exciting. And at that point, I think that the customers we were working with. We're looking for something unique and special and representative of themselves, and they really didn't mind paying more for something unique and special. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 10 years later, this was before. I mean, the customers I was servicing then, um, I don't think at that time, you know, would shop for invitations in uh, Target or, you know, in other online online invitations really weren't even around at that time. So right. I think now 10 years later there is a lot more competition out there and you could get nice designs um in other stores than than a high-end retailer. So I think price point has become uh, you know with as the economy has changed I think price point has become much more important. And we found uh, the pressure to try to be more competitive. But mm-hmm. 10 years ago when I started, I really wasn't getting any pushback at all. It's very interesting. Yeah. Huh. That, that is interesting. I mean, I, I know that, I mean, obviously now, like you mentioned Target. I mean, Target's really changed, I think, the way a lot of people have had to look at their business and mm-hmm. and, and do it, especially when they're bringing in these huge designers, you know, to do their those limited edition collections and um, it's really changing the way America looks at everything, you know. Right, right. We actually have um, a line of greeting cards in Target now as well. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we had um, we had uh, earlier this year we had a line of gift packaging, a collection of gift wrap and gift bags, which was really exciting. And now yeah. we have a line of greeting cards in Target. So it's That's not. So great. we don't have um, invitations like our traditional retailers are selling, but we do mm-hmm. have um, greeting cards like birthday cards and Christmas cards. Um, so go check them out. <laughs> oh, definitely, I I will. And is this a is for so your brand 
for Target, did you redesign something specifically mm -hmm. for them? Um, I did not because it's not products that we make in our core for, for my core business. Got it. Okay. Um, that's great. Well, so I'm sure that'll just keep growing for you as, you know, as the years go by. You'll Thank have a, you. Thank you'll you. Have yeah, your, no, you'll have, have your own whole aisle in Target. <laughs> yes, yes. Now we have some notebooks coming out um, in January, also some really great journals. So I'm very excited about them. Great. Well, next time I'm in there, I'll definitely look for your brand in there. I, <laughs> Thank I, I, you. I, I, I was actually, I was just in the, a few weeks ago, I was, you know, getting some paper and, and different things in there, but I kind of like breezed through and picked up a couple things and um, I didn't really spend time looking at that aisle, but I do often spend a lot, a lot of time, I, I love paper products. Yeah. And so I, I tend to peruse and see, you know, which brands have gotten in there recently and, um, right. you know, and, yeah, and no, it's that, fun. That's I agree. Yeah. Um, well, so what? What last minute? You know, what? What is any advice that you have for you know designers who are starting their their brands or or looking to grow you know a small brand that they have um, out there already? Mm -hmm. um, so what? I, what would be your your one one solid piece of advice? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Again, I think that having a plan is, is integral. Um, people that I speak to in town and other moms locally, they think that I have this pretty fun design business here and that every day I come and I do all these pretty things. But in reality, as a business owner, a lot of my time is spent on the financials and on human resources and on um, legal issues that come up. So I think that if someone is looking to launch a business, they really have to um, be serious about being a business owner and learn about being a business owner because you may know so much about your product, but the product is just one small piece of the puzzle. And um, in order to be a success, I think you need to have all the pieces there. And if business is not your thing, I think that um, I always encourage someone to reach out to someone like you or to a business group, or to, um, you know, I know there are so many business groups, like the um, uh, Count Me In, the M3 group that I was a part of when I started, Make Mine a Million Dollar Business. Um, yeah. There's also Savor the Success, and there are Ladies Who Launch. There are so many amazing groups out there today. So I definitely yeah. encourage um, people who are starting out to get out there and ask questions and really research and learn about what you're doing um, before you just you know, jump in. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and if both you and I had done that, yes, yes, it would be yes. different. You never right. know. Yes, yes. Oh, no, but you, yeah. again, you learn from what you do. So I'm so glad that we can have a forum like this to share our uh, – ups and downs and all yeah. of our, you know, exciting uh, experiences. Yeah, me too. Well, Bonnie, thank you so much for sharing your stories and your insights and the little uh, peekaboo we got into your business today. I really appreciate it and um, look forward to seeing um, your new website that you're launching in January and, um, and all the things that, wonderful things that you've got coming down the pike. Thank you so much. Well, I'm honored to be a part of it. Oh, good. All right. Well, um, have a wonderful Christmas holiday, and um, we'll be in touch soon. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.